بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم ما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ قال موسى لفتاه لا أبرح حتى أبلغ مجمع البحرين أو أمضي وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قام موسى النبي خطيبا في بني إسرائيل فسئل أي الناس أعلم فقال أنا فعتب الله عليه إذ لم يرد العلم إليه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم 
ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين. Most respected elders and brothers, the third of the four incidents that I have is the incident that had transpired between the two Anbiya salam, Nabi Musa salam, and Nabi Khadr salam. This incident highlights the test of light and intelligence. And again here the same theme which is the clash between materialism and Iman that is being highlighted in this incident as well. In this incident Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a glimpse into the world or the realm of the unseen and some of the uh, wisdoms of the decisions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are made apparent by this incident. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also highlights by means of this incident and shows the deficiency of the intellect of man. That many a times man, no matter how intelligent he may be, bases his decision on his understanding of what something would transpire to become. But later on he realizes his mistake and he then regrets his decision. So if this is the reality when it comes to our decisions, we should be extremely cautious and we should always submit and surrender our understanding to the decisions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should never question it. So the prelude to this incident was once Nabi Musa salam delivered a very Lebani Israel, which caused them to tear and cry. After this khutbah or this lecture, one person got up and asked a question that, Oh Musa, who is the most learned person? Who is the most knowledgeable person? So Musa salam answered according to what was the reality. That because at this moment, based on the knowledge of Sharia, the knowledge pertaining to the laws of game, Musa salam was the most learned person. So therefore he replied that I am the most learned. But because this was not in keeping with his high position, and his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wished to bring this to his attention and inform him by means of wahi that, Oh Musa, there is a servant of mine who you will meet at the place of joining of the two oceans. That servant is more knowledgeable than you. So these two were Anbiya Nabi Musa possessed the knowledge of Sharia, the knowledge pertaining to the laws of being. And Khadid had possessed the knowledge pertaining to administrative matters regarding who he died, etc. So all these the things of administration. So these two knowledges were different because Allah subhanahu wa wished to teach Nabi Musa salam that at all times a person should he should return knowledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And attribute knowledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is the most knowledgeable? He is the most knowledgeable. So Musa salam then expresses his desire to meet this servant. So from here we learn that despite Musa salam being so learned and being the Nabi of Allah, he was not ashamed of learning from someone. He wished to now inquire who is this person who has more knowledge than me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him 
that you should set out in a certain direction and take along with you a salted fish. When this fish will disappear at the place of the meeting of the two oceans, you will meet the servant of mine there. So Musa salam sets out with his attendant, Yusha, who later on becomes the Nabi of the Israel, and they continue on their journey. Nevertheless, they come to a huge rock where Musa salam and his salam, they set to rest. And while Nabi Musa salam had fallen asleep, a unique and amazing incident had transpired. In the spring, which was termed as Ainul Hayat, that the spring of life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had placed in it miraculous qualities by means of which this water would give life to the dead. So this, some of this water came onto this fish, and this fish miraculously jumped into the ocean, causing a tongue uh, to be formed. So despite Nabi Yusha salam witnessing this, he forgot to mention it to Nabi Musa salam, and they continued on their journey. And like this they continued for an entire day. Then after passing the entire day's journey, Musa salam tells his attendant, that we have encountered fatigue and tiredness in this journey of ours. Bring to us our, our meal that we have brought along. So now Nabi Yusha salam remembers and he reminds or explains the incident that had transpired to Nabi Musa salam that this is what had happened. So Musa salam then tells him, That is that which we were looking for. We were aspiring for this very same thing. We had come in search of this very same thing. And that is the place where we will be able to meet the servant of Allah. Nevertheless, they then return, retracing their steps, until they came to this point where Yusha salam indicates to Nabi Musa salam where this fish had miraculously disappeared. There they find a person seated, a shawl. So Musa salam immediately makes salam and he greets him. So Nabi Khalid Upon hearing salam, he responds, Anna bi ardika salam. That where has salam come from in this land? And then he questions Nabi Musa alayhi salam, that who are you? Nabi Musa alayhi salam says, he then asks, are you the Musa of Bani Israel? He then replies in the affirmative. Here the Allah explained that salam was not just a hallmark of this ummah, but it was the hallmark and the means of greeting of the previous nations as well. So it is important for us as Muslims to hold firm to this teaching of Islam and this method of greeting. And we should revive this method of greeting and greet those who we know and those who we do not know as well. So nevertheless, Musa salam then presents his request to join, to accompany Nabi Khalid to follow you, to join your company, so that I may learn from that knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you. So initially, Nabi Khalid salam tells Musa salam that you will never be able to tolerate and bear with me, because you have a different form of knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon you a different form of knowledge, which I do not possess. And I have a different type of knowledge which you do not possess. 
to be called Nabi Musa alayhi salam was blessed with the knowledge of Sharia, the knowledge pertaining to the laws of deen. That's if he had to witness anything contrary to that, he would immediately question and object to it. Nabi Khabib was bestowed with the knowledge pertaining to administrative matters. And that was a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which he was fulfilling. So Musa alayhi salam then assures Nabi Khabib, Satajiduni that soon, if Allah wills, you will find me. And I will not disobey any command of yours. So from here, the ulama explain that when a person wishes to learn from someone, then he has to be subservient to his teacher. Like Musa salam, he humbled himself and he accepted whatever conditions were laid down so that he can benefit from that from the teacher. So the same will apply to us as well. Same applies when we send our children to any institute, would it be the maktab or a madrasa, then it is important that we follow the guidance of the teacher of the institute. So that will be for the benefit of the learning of our child. So Musa alayhi salam then, uh, agrees and he allows Nabi Musa alayhi salam to accompany him. So they set out, as they set out, they come to the bank of Iraq. So they see a boat passing and they request the youngsters that were in this boat to allow them to board this boat. So recognizing Nabi Salaam as a pious servant, they then allow them to board the boat without charging them any fee. So while on this boat, Nabi Khadir takes a board, a piece of plank of that boat and he breaks it. So immediately Nabi Musa Salaam objects and he asks him, that have you damaged their boat so that you will drown its inhabitants? Indeed, you have committed an evil act. So immediately, Nabi Khabib reminded Nabi Musa that did I not tell you that you will not be able to bear with me? And Musa immediately apologizes and he asked to forgive him as he had forgotten the agreement that was made. So nevertheless, they continue when they come to a group of youngsters after reaching their destination, they find a group of youngsters or children playing. Nabi Khalid approaches one youngster very handsome and he takes, he grabs hold of his head and he separates his head from his body, immediately killing him. So Nabi Musa salam being granted the laws of the Sharia, Immediately objects. He says, Have you killed an innocent soul? Why? It does not cause any oppression and not murder any other person. Indeed, you have carried out a very heinous act. So again, with more emphasis, Nabi Khalid reminds Nabi Musa that did I not inform you that you have to be patient with me? So Musa then again excuses himself and he says, That if after this I ask any question from you, then you may then part ways with me or grant my companionship. And in that case, you would have sufficient excuse to now leave me and abandon me. So Nabi Khabib then continues. 
to the country, please, a city or a village. And they request its inhabitants to allow them uh, to, to be hospitable to them, to give them some food. And these people refuse. While in this village, Nabi Khadir witnesses that a wall was about to fall or collapse. So Nabi Khadir then takes, he uses his hand and he erects that wall, he strengthens that wall and he fixes that wall. So Musa salam tells him, had you wish you could have taken some remuneration for it. And from that you would have, you would have, we would have bought some food and we would have fed ourselves. So immediately Nabi this is the point we part ways. But soon I inform you regarding the interpretation of that which you could not bear. And I will explain to you the reasonings and the realities of that which you could not fathom. So we now begin to recollect and recount the reasonings behind the various incidents that have transpired. So Nabi, Mus- Nabi Khadim then explains regarding that as for this boat, it belonged to some poor youngsters. And ahead of them, there was a, an oppressive king who would forcefully take away any perfect boat. So I wish to damage it so that this may save their only means of livelihood. So again here, it seemed like Nabi Khadim caused an act of oppression. And these people were kind and allowed him to get into board this boat without any charge. But he reciprocated by being equal to them and damaging their boat. So that is, that is what it seemed like outwardly. What was the reality? In reality, this was an act of kindness for them. So like this in this world, many a times a believer is set by material and financial laws. And he may undergo some financial problem. He may lose his vehicle, his property, his wealth. But in reality, this is the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah sometimes wishes to save God and protect a person from some greater calamity, from some greater affliction. Then, Nabi Qadi then explained regarding that young boy. As for this young boy, his parents were believers. He apprehended that if this youngster had to grow up, then he would impose upon his parents transgression and disbelief. He will cause them to transgress and leave the way of Islam. So therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wished to replace them with someone better than them and closer in their inhalations. So again, outwardly it seemed like Musa and Nabi Qadir had caused an act of oppression by murdering this innocent child. But in reality, this was protecting the parents from a greater calamity. So in the like manner, in this world, a person may suffer some difficulty by losing some close relative, some close family member, the loss of some beloved person. At that time, what should be a person's response? Understand that this is a greater protection. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to protect a person from something even greater and from some greater calamity. Like in this case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had protected them from the greatest calamity, which is to be driven for the fire of Jahannam forever and forever. The Mufassirin explained, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had then later on bestowed them and blessed them with a daughter who later became the mother of a Nabi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the mother of a Nabi. So Allah even them in this very world something even greater than their loss. Then the Prophet explained the wisdom regarding that world. Nabi Prophet explained that that world Behind that wall was a treasure belonging to two orphan youngsters. And if that wall had to be broken or demolished, then the wealth belonging to these two orphan youngsters would be usurped and would be taken by the people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wished to preserve their wealth because of the piety of their father. Their father was a pious person. The ulama explained that being pious is a means of protecting the material aspect of our children. It's a means of material and financial security for our children. Many a times the parent has this concern, this natural concern regarding the financial security of his children, of his progeny. But here subhanahu wa ta'ala explains the recipe to protect the material wealth of our children. That if a, if a person is pious, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect his progeny and will safeguard his progeny. Not only that, the Mufassirin explained that according to one opinion, it was not their father who was pious, but it was their seventh generation forefather that was a pious person. And on account of his piety, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wished to preserve the wealth of these orphans. So this was the interpretation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had manifested to us by means of this incident. And again by means of this incident, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has highlighted to us, like in these three incidents, what was the apparent and what became the reality later on, something totally different, something totally opposite, what we considered to be an act of injustice or an act of oppression, something evil, Later on in reality became considered to be an act of kindness, a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So like this, in our day-to-day -day lives, whatever decrees we find or the decisions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes regarding our lives and the lives of those around us, the condition that we find around us, then the dictates of true iman, is that a person who heartedly submits and surrenders himself, whether he understands the wisdom or not. Like in these cases, a person could not initially understand the wisdom, but it subhanahu wa ta'ala made it manifest to us. But many a times, or most of the time, that is the wisdom, decay and decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not become apparent to us. But it is the dictates of Iman that we submit and surrender ourselves. Similarly, we understand from this incident that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given man certain faculties, certain senses, by means of which he comes to conclusions. We should understand that these faculties, these senses have limitations. And 
when these senses and faculties have limitations, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no limitations, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is infinite and limitless, then the dictate of this logic is that a person submits and surrenders himself to every command of Sharia, whether he understands the reason or the wisdom behind these laws. And it is important for us, together with this, to recite a masnoon dua which Nabi sallallahu has taught us in the morning and evening. I to be I am pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is my Islam Islam as my deen. And with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as my rasul and as my nabi. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to practice on whatever has been said. And to bring in our lives the true spirit of iman. As we find the Quran teaches us that we should believe in what we see. But the true reality is that many of the dictates of iman is that it is not a matter of seeing is believing. It is a matter of believing in the unseen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability.
Allah أشهد أن محمد رسول Alhamdulillah, al-qa'il, wal-ladhina amanu wa amilu salihati ulaika ashabu walidun. 
فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمده الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها الناس أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون ويقول الله عز وجل يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيث ما كنت أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام بارك الله بارك الله لنا لكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم ما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إن الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا يضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيعه من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصي ما فنفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان ملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسوله وصلى على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه واشدهم في امر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه واشدهم في حياه عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه واقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمه سيده نساء اهل الجنه رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب اهل الجنه رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزه اسد الله واسد اللهم اغفر للعباس ما به مغفرة باطنة لا تغادر ذنبا تعالى عليهم وعن كل صحابة اجمعين الله في اصحابي لا تتخذهم غاضبا من حبيب فمن احبهم فبحبي احبهم ومن ابغضهم فبغضي ابغضهم وخير امتي مني ثم الذين يدونهم ثم الذين يدونهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الاخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله ان بالعدل والاحسان والايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغض يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون Let us come to the steps quickly. Those youngsters that are still walking around in the back, please come and form yourselves, adults in the front. Youngsters at the back, please check your garments above your ankles and please switch off your cell phones.
سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر خلدا والذي أخرج فجعل سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد إياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه عيد خاشعة عاملة منصبة تصلى لا يحاجة إسقام عين آمنة 
ليس لهم في تسمع فيها فيها سمع الله لمن حمده الله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تباركت يا ذي الجلال والإكرام اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا راد لما فضيت ولا ينفرد الجد منك الجد اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والنجاة من النار ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إذا الله أن نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك من نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك من نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان عليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يشفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله